This is Shop Talk Radio, episode 20, with Caitlin Crosby. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onkin, and on this show, we bring you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. This week's amazing Shop Talk Radio guest is my longtime friend, Caitlin Crosby. Not only is she a super talented musician, but the founder of this amazing company called The Giving Keys. You may have heard of them, you may not, you may have seen them around. They've blown up in the last few years, and I see people wearing them all the time. They're these key necklaces and bracelets that have a word stamped onto them. You wear one until you meet someone you think that needs the word inscribed on it, then you give it to that person. Could be a couple days, could be a month, could be a year. Uh, The idea is to give them away. The story and vision behind this project is amazing, which you'll hear on this episode, so stay tuned. Caitlin has a beautiful heart and is out to change the world. She truly cares about everyone and inspires me to become a better person myself. She's passionate about issues that could have an impact on someone's life and make them feel less alone. Her giving keys are a prime example of this movement that she's created. Caitlin is full of love, and we even talk about her journey of falling in love on this episode. Check out the beautiful editorial story of images that we shot of her while she was in town at shoptalkradio.com ep20 and get inspired by her story. So let's jump in. All right, so we have Caitlin Crosby in the studio today. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. <laughs> it's awesome to have you. We uh, we met a handful of years ago. Yeah. Back in L.A. Yeah, back in the day. Back when you were performing at Molly, Mal- was it Molly oh, Malone's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Gosh, I never want to go back there. Never ever. <laughs> Every Monday night I played there for so long. Man, I remember that, but it was it was awesome nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. Those are the good days with Reeve Carney and all of them. Oh my god, yeah. Isn't he doing like Spider Man or yeah, something? Yeah, now, now he's like yeah, he's Spider Man on Broadway right now. Crazy. Well, uh yeah, give us a little background. Where are you from? What you know, you, you play music, but you know, and then you started the giving keys, but give us like a little bit more of a depth of, of your background. Okay. Um born and raised in Los Angeles. My dad went to Hollywood High School. Um, so, yeah, I was raised, like, in the thick of all the, you know, entertainment industry and all the, you know, vanity and just seeing what happens behind the scenes. And so it gave me a, a passion for um, writing about all the dark things that I saw in L.A. And then also I I started this website, like, 10 years ago called loveyourflaws.com. I don't really do anything with it now. But um, all about, like, body image issues. And I was obsessed with this subject. So I went around and started taking literally thousands of pictures of people with my, you know, ghetto phone or whatever. And um, holding up signs that said things like, my cellulite is hot. My acne is sexy. You know, my my stretch marks are the mark of a woman and all these different things. And I was obsessed with that for so many years. Um, that was kind of my, my rebellion from my parents that were in the industry and everything. And then, um, through that, um, I was on tour for music and, you know, you're at your merch table and you're selling CDs and t-shirts and keychains. And I had t-shirts and, and all this stuff that said, love your flaws on it. And, um, one day I was actually in New York and it was a New York hotel key. I thought it was really cool because usually they're credit cards, but mm-hmm. this place, it was like an old hotel. So it was an actual old big key. So I, so I wouldn't lose it. And I just thought it looked cool. I just put it around my necklace. And this was eight years ago, at least eight years ago before it was trendy to do that. So I'd never seen that before. And all these people were like, what, what is that? that that's so cool. And I was like, oh, just the key from my hotel. And then, <laughs> so when I went back to LA, 
I um, was at a locksmith one day and he was engraving um, um, numbers on a key for somebody. And I was like, oh, do you have letters by any chance? Can you write love on a key and maybe love your flaws or um, unique and all these different words that kind of went in with the love your flaws you know, theme. So um, so I started paying him $5 a key to engrave all the old keys. And then um, and then I would put them with different necklaces and chains and, all, and I would take all his old used discarded keys because they were cheaper. And then uh, and then every night they would sell out um, on my tours like more than my CDs. And I was oh, like, wow. Thanks, guys. Thanks for buying um, my CDs, <laughs> except not really. You're just buying these freaking key necklaces. So yeah. then, um, so I knew that there was something there. So then I wanted, I knew I wanted the money to go to charity. And do you want me to give the, like, the, the, the story of how that started or? Yeah, you mean, yeah. So, well, get into the giving, like, we can get to the giving keys story. I'm, I'm sure that's where that's leading. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, let's, why don't you just tell us the story of how giving keys was, was created and yeah. born? Cause it's such a fascinating story. And it's funny because I see so many people, everybody's like, oh, like, I see people wearing the necklaces and it's become like yeah. this huge thing. So, it's pretty awesome to know, uh, to know you and to know, you know, have known you before it even yeah, started and totally. when, when it was just getting started. So, tell us the story of how the giving keys was born yeah so that's how it started 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 before they was called the giving keys it was just me you know paying a locksmith to engrave them but then um i knew i wanted the money to go to charity but i didn't know what or and i thought okay you know i have like 20 friends that started nonprofits. i could do like oh proceeds of these keys go to my friend's nonprofit about blah 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 and that would have been great but i felt like that was settling mm. and i knew that it was there. I wanted to start something or there was just like that aha moment that I was missing. So one day, um, I was actually at Ecclesia <laughs> at this like church and I, I wasn't even, I went there by myself watching an invisible children documentary mm. they were playing. And my friend was like hosting like a screening of it. So I went and I left bawling my eyes out. Like it was super impactful and just horrifying. And I, I was, I left like literally saying like, well, what else can I do? What can I do to help people? Or like, why am, what is the point of all this? You know, Yeah. I was a philosophy major, so I'm really into that question. Like, <laughs> why are we here? What is the point of all this? What is the meaning of life? And um, right then, um, it was in the rain and, and um, I saw this homeless couple. They were sitting right outside church and they're holding up a sign that said, ugly, hungry, and homeless. Mm. So it caught my eye, went up to them. I was not thinking about the giving keys at all. And I said, what's your story? Why does your sign say that? And blah, blah, blah. They were 23 and 20, or no, 24 and 26, I think, mm. at the time. Got their story, fell in love with them. I was like, let me bring you guys food or something. But then I realized, like, they're in a puddle. They're under an umbrella sitting in a puddle. So I ended up canceling my plans that night. And I took them to dinner at Kitchen 24 on Coenga. this like, cool restaurant. And... Everybody was staring, although, you know, the people were probably annoyed because, you know, they were bringing in a lot of stuff with them and it was, <laughs> they were like soaking wet and dirty and, you know, like they literally were sleeping in dumpsters. Wow. Um, and car cord they slept in cardboard boxes in inside of dumpsters every night. And um, so two hours into talking, again, I wasn't thinking about the keys at all. Um, I said to the girl, I really like your necklace. And she's like, oh, thanks. I like making jewelry. And I was like, oh my gosh, you are the missing link to the giving keys. Do you guys want to be my business partners? And they were <laughs> like, um, what? Um, and we were talking about, you know, just like how they were raised and like the guy, his parents still live at, lived under a bridge in, in San Diego and were like, you know, crackheads and schizophrenic and crazy. I mean, I, and I saw pictures of their families and they were like, had no wow. teeth, like it was gnarly. And he never really went to school or anything and he, you know, um, and, and, and the girl had a similar story and, um, yeah, so they just had so much promise inside of them and they, they were just super creative and hilarious and just, I loved them, you yeah. know? So then, um, they said, okay. So then the next day I went to Pet Boys, bought the hammers, went to the locksmith and bought the engraving equipment that he had there. It was like $300 or something. And so then I just started paying them. $5 a key to engrave engrave the keys and then like I would buy the keys I think for like $5 each or something like that or $3 each depending on how cool the key was yeah pay them $5 each and then pay them um, I think it was like 
two dollars three dollars to assemble the chain mm. and then would pay them to go to the post office and mail them out and then i would pay them to meet me at kinko's yeah. and like make business cards with me and stuff like that so but then the whole premise is i i won't but actually before that i came up with this whole pay it forward concept so once you get one um you have to embrace the word on there because they say different words now like strength hope love faith dream believe fearless let go like if you went through a breakup or something <laughs> and um so on, at the shows at my music shows i'd always be like okay who went through a breakup raise your hand aren't they fun i love breakups oh my gosh and then <laughs> we'll just have them and um, then i'd show them let go key i'm like this one is for you and um, <laughs> um so then yeah so then i was like, okay once you embrace the word on your key keep your eyes open keep your eye out for somebody that you feel needs the message on there more than you and which i think teaches us to like not hoard our possessions and just share what we have yeah and so um and i was like pay your key forward give it away pass it on it could be a year later it could be a month later, um, when you have that aha moment, when you meet someone that needs that message. So then um, I was like, and like, write me the story. So they would write me at the time on Facebook, the stories of like, so-and-so, I just gave my key to so someone like, you know, she was slitting her wrist in school or so-and-so um, was about to commit suicide. I gave them my key or so-and-so lost their job or so-and-so has cancer and I gave them a fight key in their cancer ward. And then that woman gave her fight key to someone else in the cancer ward. And then the cancer ward ended up uh, buying like ordering all these fight keys from us and then <laughs> I was like I need to make a website and so then the website started and again this was all like eight years ago or something I think seven eight years ago maybe and yeah and now we have all these stories so it's it's all these stories of the keys being passed all around the world and now we've hired tons of homeless people and wow. partnered up with different transitional homes and United Way and PATH people assisting the homeless and now Chrysalis and now we have like 20 something full-time employees it's crazy that's insane yeah. so you have an office in LA yeah yeah and it's we, been it's been eight years some, maybe something like that I think I think I was doing it without hiring the, the people from the streets for a couple maybe a, I don't know maybe a year I was just yeah. paying a lot so maybe six months something like that it's hard to really track that but but yeah something like that like wow. seven eight years I think and then but yes yeah, so we just moved into our third office right wow right like a couple months ago and we're already busting out of it like my office room i i'm hardly there because i'm like traveling or like doing my emails from my phone or my wherever i am <laughs> yeah. like driving on the freeway sorry i know yeah. it's bad but so then my my managing director just wrote me yesterday she's like hey um can i actually move into your office because we need more room because we're moving another we just hired another girl so we just like can't we don't have space. So we might move again, even though we just moved into this office. That's so, so crazy. But it's awesome. It's such yeah. a, it's a great testament. So yeah. what happened to now that the couple that you found on the street, yeah. uh, what's the rest of the story? What happened to them? You, what, tell us more. Yeah. Um, so they were together at the time and then they broke up. I'm still heartbroken about it. Um, oh. <laughs> they're probably fine, but I still want them to be back together. <laughs> but, um, um, but they saved up enough money and little by little they were staying at a motel, the mm. Mark Twain hotel, which was horrible, but at least it was better than, um, the dumpster. And, um, <laughs> and then little by little, um, the guy was taking GED classes and he was getting like 98s and 99s on all his tests, which blew my mind. Wow. And then, um, and then they moved into an apartments and Sarah got a, she ended up, they, they ended up breaking up. Um, and then she moved to San Diego and now works part-time at the San Diego zoo and has housing and she's, she's a single mom. And, um, so yeah, so she, and so we'll still mail her keys to engrave from her house and then she'll send them back to us. Oh, wow. But she also works at the San Diego zoo. And, oh. Yeah. And yeah, a bunch of crazy stories. Like this one couple met, at, at a path, people assisting the homeless, they met engraving the keys. They were both, you know, from totally different parts of the world, living on the streets in different areas. And then they met engraving the keys and they fell in love. Wow. And now they're engaged. And both of them have transitioned out, out of, out, you know, into yeah. their own apartments and everything. Yeah. Too. So how does that transition work? And especially because I'm sure with homeless people, they're not always maybe oh, legit yeah. or oh, yeah. registered like how, what's how have you facilitated that oh my gosh it's very very um it's been really challenging and you know pulls on your heartstrings because you know i i don't want to hire people that are doing drugs and drinking like i you know i even the first night that i met sarah and rob I actually like 
bought them wine and beer. <laughs> like I was totally, you know, having some wine with them and totally enjoying <laughs> it, which is like not normal. Like I was buying homeless people alcohol. Yeah. But I felt totally fine about it because it was like, I want a glass of wine too, you know? Yeah. So, so let's just enjoy life, but like, let's keep it there. Let's not like, you know, go crazy. But because then when I found out, like one day I went to their hotel at the time, a few months later, and I saw like an empty bottle and I was like pissed, you know? Mm. I was like, I don't want the money to go to this. So then I, it was trial and error for a while um, after I kept hiring more random people and there was no way to screen you know, what they're, what they were doing with the money and I didn't feel right about it. So that's when we partnered with the different, you know, nonprofits. So they screen the people for us. So like for Chrysalis, for instance, they, they, they let us know the people that they think are really legitimately ready to change their lives. They're sober already. They've gone through programs. They just have either records. They've been in jail. They grew up in gangs. They, you know, they, you know, blah, blah, blah. They cannot get job yeah. anywhere else. You know, they're literally born skid row, like crazy. Yeah. Like we have a few guys that, that, that work for us right now that have been in jail for like 30 years. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, like, and one of them's been in jail. Yeah. For like 30 something years and he has cancer and like, he is awesome. And he's like a teddy bear sweetheart. And he did something stupid when he was a kid you know basically yeah he was like 17 18 something like that but that he was like raised into gangs but now he's just been like in jail cell his whole life and he's so sweet yeah and he has all these like dreams and he just read all these books and now he like he cannot get a job anywhere literally and so um being able to watch that has been amazing but yeah so so that's really really important to make sure that the people that we're hiring the money is going to savings account and apartments and like their bank accounts and not to drugs yeah. or anything like that so if, if, if 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 like even when we have events if i we have like a one drink max for anyone that works for us because right. you know half the other people that work for us aren't um we're never homeless they're more like you know the business side or whatever but it's just that's it's that's really important to me. Yeah, I mean it should be. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point is to get them out of that lifestyle. Right. So, of all the people, so you've got all these stories coming in. People are writing in of of their stories with the giving keys. What like what's your favorite story that you've you've come across? Um, this one was kind of cool. I, it's kind of um complicated. So let me see if I can remember. But um, so there's there's this girl who um. Talitha, she works for this place called Claris Health, and they have like Crenshaw Pregnancy Center and a bunch of other pregnancy centers. And um, so she like runs this place, this thing called this organization called Claris Health. And um, and one of the girls that was coming to to her for like help, basically, it's either girls are going to get an abortion or they're going to give it up for adoption or blah 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 blah. And so um, this one young girl told this Talitha like, hey. I think I'm going to give my baby up for adoption and I want you to adopt um, the baby. You're the only person that like, I, I'm either going to get an abortion or I want you to adopt my baby. And she was like, okay, so no pressure. So uh, <laughs> I will adopt your baby. Cause okay. So then, um, and then, and this girl was like, but I want you to pick what the name should be. So um, I guess this, this lady Talitha had a given key already that said grace on it. And she said one day she was praying like, what should I, you know, what should God, what should I name the baby or something like that. And she was holding on to her key just like randomly. And then she just said, she like felt like, oh, great. like, that's the name. That's what the, the, the baby's wow. name should be. So then, um, so then she wrote or called or something, the girl who was pregnant and, and said, okay, I think I've come up with the word grace. I think this is what it is. And, and the, that the girl was like, oh my gosh, I swear that that's actually what I wanted her name to be. So then I guess it's like a, a thing that when you give your baby to the person that's going to adopt it, adopt it, that person is supposed to give you a gift or something like that. Mm. I heard that's what this lady told me. And she said that it was like this perfect transition and this perfect gift that when she was there during the birth and this girl gave her her baby and, and then, you know, named it, they named it Grace together. Yeah. And then the woman, Talitha, gave her Grace n necklace, key necklace to the real mother. Oh, so then awesome. the real mother is like always holding Grace around her neck. Oh, that's that was, great. That was, I'm out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So where is G Giving Keys now? 
so now we're um, we just did a partnership with Tom Shoes, so they're they're um, selling our our keys from their website and their marketplace with a bunch of other do good brands and oh cool just like just growing like crazy like um, in anthropology and all these like huge stores now all over and yeah we're in like hundreds and hundreds of stores and we're I'm in New York right now because we were doing a trunk show at Henry Bendel's and then the next few days that um, I'm still learning like the whole fashion world or whatever. <laughs> like, I think it's called a, um, uh, it's called like the ENK Inc. show. It's oh, like a, I think I, yeah, is I've that heard a trade that. show? Technically, I don't even know, but it's where all the buyers from different stores from all over the world come here to New York and look at all the different booths and pick what they want to order for their stores. Oh, okay. So we've done one before and they have, they usually have it in Vegas a lot. Um, we did one last year and we got like, you know, 25 new stores or something like that from it. So that's what we're here that's in awesome. New York too. But we're honestly, we like can't even handle the load. It's like crazy. Like, yeah, it's just been like people now or like organizations or different places like or have been ordering like, oh, we'll take like 60,000. And we're like, Ugh, we wow. Can't. Yeah. Like, we just got an order for that. That. <laughs> How do you like, keep up with that? So now we just started because we can't keep up with so many of the orders because they're most of ours are over like a thousand each at least and like and and each one is hand engraved and that's like impossible to get it done in a timely fashion that these people are needing them yeah so we now started um a, a different um a different type of option which is we cast keys so we'll take like the original key that they cast like this one i'm wearing now yeah this is a cast key so i'll pick out like my favorite shaped keys and then our guys will engrave them and then we go to a, a metal caster and he'll make replicas of of them mm. so like this one see it's like more but this one's actually like a, like a nice version of yeah. like 14 karat gold and we just did like our high-end ones we have rose gold and blah 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 blah. i like the more like grungy ones yeah they look like real old school like the ones you 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 have yeah i like the i like the oxidized silver yeah yeah that's that's good yeah so what's the grand vision with with giving keys the grand vision is um getting into apparel and branching mm. out like i really want to do anything that you can give away like um and, and collaborations i always love that like um it would be really cool to do like even like warby parker i love their glasses yeah. and maybe do like um like a small key on the side one yeah. of the proceeds go to blah 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 or something like that um we're doing a collaboration right now with this really cool um sandal company i think it's pronounced seiko you heard of them seiko or seiko but um they're like these really really cool sandals and we put a key like right there in between the big toe and the second to big toe that's awesome <laughs> um, that's awesome but um yeah just like but um definitely want to get into apparel and you know bags hats um watches yeah scarves a bunch of different stuff like that love that and we're, and we're already we just I, I would do it faster but we're just trying to keep up with what's going on right now oh, I'm so sure. i'm just happy that i feel like okay this has enough life in it that it can go on forever so i can kind of stretch it out so i don't have to rush <laughs> yeah well i mean the, the great thing is is you're building this business from your heart yeah and you have built it from your heart yeah and how would you say like how would you say from the beginning that you followed your heart through this process um, that's a good question. I definitely was not trying to, trying to be a businesswoman. I definitely was not trying to run a business. It was not my, uh, gifting. Yeah. Um, but it's really been that it's been like, okay, I need to help these people. And it's actually really easy to do that. Yeah. So, okay, we we'll just do this instead of paying this locksmith guy who's like, doesn't care, you know, right. No offense. He's he a nice guy, but like, he didn't really <laughs> care, you know, it's like, okay, he's getting $5 every time he hits the key but he doesn't really care yeah so yeah just following my heart like okay this is a need mm -hmm. like just the more and more i keep my eyes open and you know again living in la you just see there's so many needs there's so many people that that are hungry that are cold that are that have all this gold inside of them but there's no one to like encourage them to like cultivate that and like get it out and like inspire them to like they can change their lives and they can um you know be free and they can be who they were like created to be yeah and and so i think I, that's just always been a passion like ever since i was a little girl i was always going up to like hookers on the street and prostitutes and homeless people and i was just always me like always going up to them like what's your story how did you get here you don't have you know i was just super curious so that that was always 
neat. So I think this is just kind of makes perfect sense that this now is my entire life. Yeah. So let's rewind a little bit. Where did that come from? That drive to be curious about other people? Um, I, I think a couple things like one growing up in the entertainment industry, like, and I grew up, you know, going on auditions and this and that my dad manages actors. And so I was around a lot of people that, you know, became famous. And then it was like, okay, now what, like, what's the point of this? Like, you guys are famous now, but you're all miserable and rich, you know, you're rich. (laughs) And now what, like, you're just buying more handbags and more cars. Okay. So I was just like really obsessed with like, what's the point of all this? Yeah. Um, and so I think that was my, like, and wanting people that, that had those platforms to use them to give back. And whenever they wouldn't, I just get like really frustrated. Yeah. And whenever, you know, celebrities or famous people would, would, would use their, their platform for good, for charity. I love them. I'm like, thank you. That's like the whole point of why that's like what you should be doing. You know, yeah, you exactly. have this voice. Cause unfortunately our entire generation is obsessed with what's in, you know, the magazines and pop culture and like, our generation of like teenagers like all they do is follow what's in us weekly and what's you know and what's in us weekly are what are celebrities doing and what are celebrities doing they're usually like partying and you know so it's like making this whole process you know i feel like downward spiral into just then now more and more teenagers are just going to want to do that so i'm like okay i want to get people in the public eye representing like being good examples and good role models for this generation so that's one one part and then the other thing was like i guess growing up in like youth group and stuff that was just yeah always everybody was just trying to change the world and it was just normal like if you didn't <laughs> try to want to change the world like it's not you there like everyone wanted to change the world that was just totally normal so when i'd go to my you know, normal school which is beverly hills high school no one really cared about right. that at all so i just didn't really connect with anybody they were more just like, mm, do you like my outfit or whatever? Which I definitely like outfits and I like shopping and all that. Don't get me wrong. But like, it was just <laughs> not, it was a completely different world. My youth group friends right. and my school friends. Yeah. So that, that was like the, probably the biggest influence. Like just being around people, like everybody that wanted to start something to do something and watching people's lives change. And I'd always, I don't know if this is cheesy or like too much to say, but, but I always would pray my whole life. Like since I was a little girl, I'd be like, God, give me your heart for people. Give me your heart for people. Like I want to feel what you feel for them. Like I want to feel it. And I swear I feel like that was answered with the giving keys. Cause like I, that's why I would always go up to people, you know, all the time. Like because I like cared about them. I felt like my heart like broke for them. Like literally, like I couldn't leave them. I couldn't like keep walking. Like, yeah. so I think. I still like always pray that like I want to feel like give me your I don't know. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. So going through like the process of the giving keys, what's the biggest thing that you've learned? Um, hmm, that's a good question. Biggest thing I've learned. Um, hmm, that's so hard actually. The thing that's been the hardest is like letting go of all the responsibilities and delegating them to all the different people now on the team. Like, like you know, I I think a lot of times, oftentimes, this is not a good thing, but I'll you know I I'll be like, oh, I would have done that better. I could have done that, or I if I did it, I could have done you know or whatever. Yeah. But I can't. Um, so letting go has been really hard. But then humbly seeing how amazing everybody is on the team and how many things that they can do that I can't do. And how they're all gifted in those areas. Yeah. Like that, I've learned that a lot. Like that I can't do it all on my own. And I do need all these amazing people and their gifts and their skills. I can't get by on like my, you know, however I was doing it before. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, I was just, um, over the last year I hired my employees. Yeah. Now I have two full-time employees. And it's really learning to delegate Mm-hmm. like the art of delegation and it's hard especially because totally. like you're so used to doing everything else but if you want to grow and expand you have to bring in other people and you have to delegate and let go yeah. as you're saying i so. think i need to wear a let go key <laughs> maybe you do i need to pay it forward to myself <laughs> <laughs> love it so now now let's go to the music side of things like where did you find your passion for music so okay when i was i when I was um, 17 at, in high school, um, I was doing a play, a Shakespeare play, As You Like It, and the, the 
the director of the play was like, oh, Kiss FM is having an audition for a girl band here at, at school. You should, and everyone auditioned, you know? And it was before, like, like at the time Destiny's Child was out. Like, it was before Avril Lavigne and, and Michelle Branch, before, like, guitar music came in. It was yeah. still, like, super cool to be in a girl group. And, um, cause now it's like embarrassing, but, um, <laughs> but I was 17, you know? And so I tried out, it was like thousands of girls came from all over and I, I got it. And so my whole life, I did that for like five years. Our album never came out. Thank God. But we were assigned to, um, like Babyface and Interscope and Atlantic and every record label ever, I think. And we wrote like 1,000 songs about every topic ever. We tried every genre. I tried dance. I couldn't do it. I'm the worst dancer ever. But I always, like the labels always wanted us to write about like, you know, be edgy. Like we want you guys to write like sexy songs or we want you to wear sexier clothes or we want you to write about like going to the club and we want you to write about having an affair with a married man and all this stuff. And it was just years of me being like, no, 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 I can't. I, I will not say that. I will not wear that. <laughs> and then finally, I finally quit and was like, I hate the music industry. I cannot do this. And um, so I went back to school, went back to acting and, and which isn't even that much better you know that right. world of acting because even that i had to like fight so many times like i cannot say this i will wear this um but but so then the la and then years later i was just like little by little writing 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 more just for myself and and then i would play like random shows probably like when you saw me yeah and and then um and then like i never really tried to get signed again and it just kind of like happened through different people like hey like you, you need to talk to this person they want you know and then i was like okay is this what i'm supposed to be doing now and then i um so put out the record in 2009 um, called flaws and that was like the whole like love your flaws topics and all that and i toured a bunch for that and then left then then it was like the giving keys took off like crazy that i could not do both so i was putting all my energy and time into giving keys and mm. took a break and then got another deal for music a couple years ago now just put that at epl and that's kind of all those songs are about different issues too because now i don't have like a girl group telling me that i can't, <laughs> yeah. can't sing those songs because i got signed off of the songs already being done so then that was good that i had a label that was supportive and wanted to put those songs out and everything yeah. so like the song just another day that we just made a music video for that was all about just what i see on the streets in la and um yeah, and then like the song is just good life is just kind of like also what you see in the media mm -hmm. and like, you know, again, people just like getting drunk and drinking and like having spontaneous like hookup sex or whatever. And then in, in, in on, you know, in the movies and on TV, it looks like, oh, hot and sexy and fun. But in real life, it hurts people, you know, like yeah. in real life, if a girl will hook up with a guy and that's that she is like deeply wounded inside of like the depths of her being and her like value and core and who she is, but they don't show that on TV. So like yeah. I have a song um, called save that pillow about that. That's probably my favorite song on the record. It's like describing a girl, giving it up to a guy too easily that doesn't really care about her, but he's like says all the right words to think, you know, to make her think that he does. And then at the end of the day, like, she feels like crap after, you know, so I yeah. want girls to listen to that song and feel like I never want to be that girl. Yeah. That's awesome. So where do you get your, your inspiration from, for your songs? Just looking, just observing life. Just, um, yeah, just observing life. Like save that pillow was about a girl that I knew that, <laughs> um, yeah, she just, kept hooking up with this guy that was definitely in love with somebody else but he was like her go-to like hookup girl that would always hook up with him whenever he'd mm. be broken up from his girlfriend and like and she always thought that that would make him love her and that would make him like commit to her mm. but it never did and she just was always left just heartbroken and, and then i i realized that i saw that in like one of my friends it's like a 50 year old woman to like a 16 year old girl that's like why why won't he commit to me i just lost my virginity to him why won't he commit to me and it's like well that's not how it works yeah. <laughs> you know like usually if you like if you respect yourself and like don't give that you know away then like 
a, a really good guy will probably most likely want to be with you, you know, because of who you are and your connection and not because of that. But I think so many people do it backwards. So it's just, 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 yeah, just observing life, observing all my girlfriends and then observing like, you know, the, even this LA club scene and all that, like, is this the good life talking about like drinking and like, I really want to make a music video all about like showing slow motion of what happens in, in the club. And then what happens like when people leave with like mascara under their eyes and like, how like it's not really attractive when people are drunk but again the media makes it seem sexy and attractive like let's drink but then in real life like girls that are drunk are probably the most unattractive thing in the entire world <laughs> right i would say not so. sexy like overly wasted yeah. yeah 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 it's uh not a good look yeah so just yeah just observing life i just want to write about that kind of stuff yeah, so you, it sounds like you're really into like uh, women's empowerment, women yeah. empowerment and issues, and and you like to write about that. Was where does that come from? Um, I'm definitely not like like oh women like I don't know. I I I'm more of like a compassionate heart for women. I'm not. I don't really have like strong opinions about like women's rights or anything like that. Or I don't know, like like yeah. we're equal. I don't know. I'm not like that. I'm more just like. I can connect to girls that, you know, have insecurities and, and just what, you know, I've had horrible breakups in the, in the past and, and know how they can like rip your heart up and how I want to help girls not go through that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So where, like, where did that, you know, did you, is that where the experiences, the experiences come from that you want to help them? Yeah, I think I think just knowing like in one of my previous relationships like how I felt like whenever we'd break up even though I I was sad, I was still like myself again, you know? And then yeah. when we'd get back together, it's like I I wanted him so badly to like basically like you know, like get married want to marry me you know and yeah. and and that i was trying to be perfect and it was killing me mm. inside you know because i was trying to be what he wanted me to be and not just like freely who i am yeah and even though i was trying to be myself i was like paralyzed because i i didn't understand why he wasn't sure he wanted to marry me you know so now i'm like now that i'm i just got married to an amazing man that like Want, wanted to marry me for for me and because it was just right and it was easy and worked and it was like i feel like it's supposed to be like i'm like oh that's that's what it's supposed to be like <laughs> i was trying to like fit a circle into a square blah 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 or square into a circle whatever you're supposed to say um for so long with this other person yeah. and it was just like yeah the love was there and the passion was there but it was like not healthy yeah. and and now with my husband calling it's like just like of course it's hard and we have like issues but like i think when you're with the right person you, you you'll trigger each other's triggers and it'll like come out but then you guys are there to help heal those things and make each other whole because you both are mature enough and ready to be in a, this like type of relationship this is like this is my person like we're here to champion each other on this journey we're yeah. both messy we're flawed we're messed up but i love you and we're gonna help we're gonna we're gonna like bring up all the junk inside of us probably yeah living together waking up every single day together and but we're both in this to like help like heal each other's hearts from our yeah past everything yeah you're in it to win it yeah <laughs> so to speak i yes. mean you know you're gonna have your differences you're gonna have your fights but you found that right person you love that person enough to go through the the downsides and the dark sides to get to the good side mm -hmm. and be partners and that's what a lot of older married couples say i go around and ask like tons of married couples like what is a secret what's your secret to staying married and they always say like <clears throat> so many people get divorced now because they're like oh it's too hard i'm out like or like mm, i'm not attracted to them anymore like i want a divorce or like just too much hard work so i want a divorce so but they're but the the successful married couples that have been married for a long time they always say it's it's those times where you work through the hard times that are messy and hard and then on the other side that's like the best love feeling and like the best sex and the best this and that is like after 
you work through that. And as years go go on, it's it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper if you have like the patience to work through that. And that's yeah. like the love that's the strongest. Yeah, that's powerful. So if you go back a little bit to, you know, I, f- I feel like a lot of people would identify with this when you were, you know, with your ex-boyfriend and you were realizing that you were trying to be perfect, right? Mm-hmm. So where was that mental break where you realized this just isn't working? Um, so my girlfriends were telling me like, Caitlin, I like, you're not yourself. And and I didn't see it honestly at all. I was like, yes, I am. Um, but then we went to a premarital counseling one one time and (laughs) this one time and, and, and he said, my ex-boyfriend, everybody, he, he said something like, like, how do you know when it's the one, how do you know? And then that it clicked in me like, what he's asking that like if if you have to ask that then you probably don't then it's a no after all these years you know yeah. like so so um i got together with a girlfriend that night and um and she helped me realize we like wrote out like notes and got to the bottom of like okay tomorrow i'm going to tell him like that unless you fight unless you're willing to fight for me and say like babe we're gonna make this work no matter what i'm gonna fight for you Unless he says that, then I have to walk away because this is going to keep dragging on forever. And um, my girlfriend just helped me come down, like get to that. That's what it all came down to. Yeah. Um, and so I, I said that to him the next day. And oh, no, no. That day I said that, that the day I said, um, actually, let's take this night and not talk. And just like really ask ourselves the hard questions, like what we really want, what we really need. And um and so we didn't talk that whole day. And then when we got together, I said that thing. I said, okay, unless you're willing to fight for me, then I'm going to have to walk away. And he was like, I, I, I want to, but I also want to fight for my this and career and things. And I, I just don't know about this, but I do. I love you. And I, he didn't want to break up, you know, yeah. but it was like, I was like, no, see, it's not, that's too complicated. <laughs> Your answer is too, yeah. too complicated. It needs to just be like, yes, I want to fight for you no matter what. We're going to make this work. I want you the end. Yeah. So it was like, and he wasn't saying that. So it's like, I really want to encourage girls that. Cause now I have that and seeing that and calling like my husband now, it's like, oh my gosh, like that's what we need to feel like safe. And like, I think women, we need to feel that. So yeah, I finally like just seeing that like, wow, he's not willing to do that. And that's fine. There's nothing that's fine. It's just like, I'm glad that I know. Yeah. And then that was like the end. Yeah. I think it's like, it's very important to find that person that, I mean, maybe from the guy's side that you want to fight for. Yeah. And, and if you're not in that, then you should check it. Totally. Check it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. So you just got married mm-hmm. and where did you guys meet? Um, we met at, well, we met once at like a two year old's birthday party, at like a strawberry patch. <laughs> Like really random, I know. And uh, but we weren't like feeling each other. I was like hung up on my ex boyfriend. He was hung up on some girl. So we met, but I don't. I kind of remember it, not really. He said he was trying to talk to me, but he was like, "You are like way too cool for me," or something. <laughs> so he said. <laughs> then he said I was acting like I was too cool for him. I was like, "Oh yeah, I kind of remember meeting you, and I remember thinking your flip flops were like cheesy or something." <laughs> And then like a year later we met at um at like a christmas eve service at mosaic and i went with my married friends i was always the third wheel with my married friends and it was like fake snow they had like all this like candle lighting christmas eve stuff and um and so i went with them and uh and he was randomly in town colin was, was there in town and and basically we just kind of were feeling each other and then my friends knew him and his family was there and they all just got together and tried to like hook us up. And they're like, you calling, you need to ask her on a date. Like, Here, take her number and like text her, call her or something like that. So the next day he called me and invited me to his like birthday thing. And I was so nervous. I, all I did was talk about my ex-boyfriend the first time we hung out. And my girlfriend was like kicking me under the table. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, classic. Yeah. And, and then, but then I got my mojo back and started acting like myself and like not <laughs> back crazy. in the game yeah back in the game back in the game back in the game <laughs> and like we hung out for breakfast on his birthday and then i went to his dinner and i like added a little extra eyeliner that 
when I came back and I got my mojo oh, back hey. and was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to talk about my ex-boyfriend. And then we just totally were into each other. And then he went to, the next day I took him to LAX. He went back to Nashville and he called me every day since. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So what advice would you give to the ladies and the women out there that are listening? If they want to find that man, who do they have to be as a woman to find that love? Ooh, good question. I think you need to be um, confident and secure in who you are. And again, not having it all together because I'm super insecure and like have so many insecurities and all that. But, it, but, but, but not to the point where I know that I need a guy to validate me. And like, I still have confidence in who I am and like what I deserve and my value, even though I still compare myself to the girls and like all that kind of stuff. But I think that's the most important thing. You need to like know your value and know that you deserve a man that you can a trust, um, that has good integrous character, um, that he's the kind of person that wants to better himself because, one of my ex-boyfriends was like, this is just me. This is who I am. Like whenever I'd be like, well, this kind of isn't, this kind of sucks or this isn't cool. And he's like, well, that's just me, you know? And it's like, but Colin, he's like, okay, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. So I think a, a, a guy who's like, wants to, wants to work on himself, um, hears you and wants to meet your needs. Um, yeah, I think the the most important thing in a relationship is both people wanting to serve the other person mm. so if you just want to get your needs met then you're gonna break up you know or get yeah. divorced because then it's like selfish all about you so if if you both are in this relationship and try to just serve the other person if if only one person is doing that it won't work like a lot of girls i think are like oh if i just do everything you know and pursue him i don't think girls should ever pursue guys yeah i think guys need to be the pursuers like whenever girls start like calling and texting too much, like especially at the, at the beginning, it's like, oh no, you're going to ruin it. Yeah. Like you're going to ruin it. Guys need to be the chasers. Yeah. You know? Well, and here's the other, I guess this is the flip side. It's funny how we're, this, this is where this is going. But like for, to, like if guys are supposed to be the pursuers, uh, what, how, what advice would you give to women to make them put wh what they're putting out there, mm -hmm. make the guy want to, pursue them i think if girls are um confident interesting um know what they have to offer like know what they have to offer not to a man just to life yeah and i think um yes yeah, have interesting opinions about things yeah you know give back to the world give back to your communities like like be yeah if yeah, I think just the more interesting you are um, and more, the more like a loving person you are, that guys will like that. Yeah. That, I think good guys will like that. You know, some yeah. like kind of douchebaggy guys will probably just want like a hot girl at a club that looks kind of slutty. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, honestly. Yeah. But that's probably not long term if you want a, a good guy, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think good guys will be attracted to girls with good hearts that want to help people and are humble, but confident. And, um, yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Now let's dig a little bit deeper. So it's easy to say, like, you just got to be confident. You just got to be this. Oh, that's so hard. So and maybe, maybe you can tell us some things that you've done to really work on that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I mean, I, you know, I work on that stuff myself too. And I'm yeah. this, over this last year, I've taken this like emotional intelligence and leadership training, which has really helped me to discover more of myself. Mm -hmm. And it's all, we have all these conversations going on in our head and mm -hmm. that's where the lack of confidence yeah. comes from. So what kind of things have you done to change those conversations and, and project that, that confidence? Um, I think for me, it's been embracing my quirkiness. Like when, like that was a huge insecurity of mine was that everyone's like, you're so quirky. Or like this one girl, um, she was uh, Miss USA came up to me. I won't say which Miss USA, what year Miss USA she was, but she was a Miss USA. And uh, you know, I'm thinking like, wow, she's Miss USA. So she's like, quote unquote perfect you know yeah and 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 she came up to me and she saw me sing at something and she's like oh my gosh you remind me of of the girl in elf <laughs> like the zoe de chanel character in elf <laughs> and i was like oh and i was like 
uh, her character was kind of like weird. Like she's like weird, and she, and she goes, "Well, you're kind of weird," <laughs> like that. And I was like <laughs> wanting to die, so, like and. And and it, and it wasn't a big deal, but it was just kind of like that was like a trigger of mine because I've always felt like kind of like outside, like not outsider, like I was popular in high school and everything, but I was still like goofy. I was always like the funny girl. Mm-hmm. And I, I never, I never, I was never the like sexy girl. I was always like the quirky girl. So whenever people like call that out in me, it like makes me like feel super insecure and mm-hmm. it makes me like everything in me like my childhood junior high caitlin is just like i want to be the sexy girl like i want to be the sensual girl like like and um so 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 that was insecure okay so how i worked on that was just finally embracing honestly just this last year like finally embracing like this is just who i am and i'm not going to change like my best friend my family everyone i've ever met and know everyone just this is this is how people see me. Like I, ha- I have this other, this side that is like my, you know, philosophy major side. That's like super deep and like, you know, questions everything and like, you know, questions like everything, like the spiritual side and this and that and heaven and hell and what and books and philosophy and like I'm super super deep. But like even how I'm explaining that, like even like I like I would self analyze myself so much. Like oh my gosh, Caitlin, can you just speak like a normal person and not like be so animated and talk with your hands? And I would drive myself crazy picking myself apart trying to be like you know like reserved and like you know like you know this perfect like caitlin like you know speak you know this way or that way it's like no this is my personality it's never going to change i just have to own it people love that about me i am the only one that doesn't love that about me yeah but like like so just owning those corks just you know practicing what i preach with love your flaws it's like i preached that for so many years on that website and like my songs like like this one song is called imperfect is the new perfect it's like all about that it was my obsession because it was for myself like i needed i wanted to be okay with you know different things that that i didn't like about myself and it's still like I st- yeah so it's still getting to that point of just like having to just own those things own those things that you don't think you're going to change about yourself yeah and people appreciate that. Yeah. It's like being authentic to who you are. Yeah. And that's where the confidence comes from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So, you know, where uh, so where are you going now with, you know, the balance of music, love, and the giving keys? Um, that's super hard to, to balance all those things together. And, and it's pilot season right now for acting. So I'm also doing that. So that's like insane asylum in my brain because it's like writing for my album, uh, like auditioning, trying to memorize scripts, running company, giving keys and just getting married a month ago. (laughs) So it's like super crazy. You got a few things going on. And I feel so bad when my like good friends are like, um, can we please get together and like talk? I'm like, I can't like, I, (laughs) It's like two months. Let's like, you know, it's like, so I need to work on that somehow, but yeah, it's super hard. So yeah, just trying to write, 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 write. Um, yeah. Memorize scripts that come in and like finding like, it's like weird now that I'm a wife. It's like, Oh crap. I have to like clean and, and like, <laughs> you know, I have to take care of someone else not just myself. Cause it was just me. I could just leave my room like, you know, messy or whatever. Yeah. But now it's like, Oh, he has to come home to this too. So I need to step it up and like, yeah, make this a beautiful, welcoming, peaceful environment. Yeah. Yeah. So now what are you doing with that, with the acting stuff? Is that? Well, nothing really. It's just pilot season. So I haven't done anything because I've just been in doing giving keys and music. And this is my first time back like this, this actually a couple of weeks ago, I just wrote my agents and I was like, okay, I'm ready. It's pilot season. I yeah. know it's like the end of pilot season or middle, but like, I, I want to at least like go out a little bit on yeah. things that I'm, you know, right for, but that's not really my like focus, focus. It's just kind of like, I'm, you know, anything creative I, I love doing. Yeah. And it's like, I'm at this age where this is like, the, I'm probably going to spend another like year or two doing like creative stuff. And then, um, and then probably want to like start a family in like a couple years and like maybe try or like a few years, like three years. That's when I like, well, I'll have like baby. <laughs> so like until then I'm just going to like throwing everything out in the creative world and yeah. Until then. And yeah. So what's the vision with the creative stuff? I mean, you've got acting, you've got music. I, I'm a very, like, I really believe like what's 
meant to be will be like as long as you work your ass off like it's not just like yeah oh we'll just see and i'll sit on my couch all day and like whatever's meant to be but like i'm really you know you know working hard spending time in the studio writing like you know putting a lot of time and effort and energy into songs and um the i have to do the complete the album thing so i my ep came out this summer so now we're doing the complete the album so just writing to finish that and trying to get the tracks right and all that awesome yeah. well one last question here what does live inspiration mean to you live inspiration what does live inspiration mean to you ooh i like that um i think what it means to me is just keeping your eyes open for all the needs that you see around you and constantly wanting to just help people and serve people and inspire them. And that's how you should live as in like, not just your career, your job, but like when you are at the grocery store, when you're a waiter, like, you know, just like inspiring everybody that you're around. And if it's just inspire, inspiring them by asking them a genuine question about themselves and like really caring about them or saying something encouraging to them or what, or giving them a really good tip, whatever it is. I think just like constantly being aware of people yeah, and like how you can make their life better. That's awesome. That's awesome. So where can we find you on the internets? Um, at Caitlin Crosby for like everything, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Caitlin Crosby and Caitlin and then the Giving Keys is at the Giving Keys ah. at Love Your Flaws with a Z. Got yeah. got a lot of things going on. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> well, uh, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Adios. Adios. Thank you so much for checking out today's episode of Shop Talk Radio and joining me as we dive underneath the hood of the creative lifestyle. Again, I am your host, Nick Onkin, and if you enjoyed today's episode, then go over to iTunes and leave us a good review so that we can spread the word and inspire even more people in the world to live inspiration and share their inner creativity. Also, we'd love to see where you're listening to the podcast, so snap a photo on Instagram, hashtag liveinspiration, or tag me at Nick Onkin so that you can inspire other people to listen wherever they are at. But beyond this, check out nickonkinshoptalk.com to read articles on creating the creative lifestyle anywhere from emotional intelligence to any other aspect of creative entrepreneurship. I'll be also posting up editorial content in the form of visual essays that I get to create with my photographic eye and my craft and my career. Uh, But most of all, you get to join the underground creative community that we're creating. So thanks again for joining us. Now go share your creativity with the world. You were driving all alone Back up to your fancy home Drowning out the stereo with a voice I used to know I don't know who's to blame, boy All I know is you've changed, boy But I miss who you used to be But right now you're dead to me Dead to me, dead to me Come, 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 come alive again Come back in a Stars up in your eyes, automatic suicide All I know is you've changed, boy Caught up in that fame, boy But I miss who you used to be But right now you're dead to me Dead to me, dead to me Come
now you're just a boy in the bins You're just a boy in the bins